conquerors reign and build their empires on the foundations of fallen enemies. Dynasties are forged by victory and chiseled from the shores of time. An undefeated champion, an unproven challenger, on the hottest day of the summer, will the Lady Wan's castle stand tall under the latest wave when war comes to her shores? Or will her kingdom fall as a new champion is crowned? This is Last Movie Standing Beach Bro! First, the challenger, hailing from middle-class California, making his last movie standing debut, his only god, Paul Thomas Anderson. He is a Rapa Nui de denier, the West Coast wrecking machine, Pete from middle-class film class. Everything you've heard is true. He denies the existence of the island of Rapa Nui. Rapa Hui? Rapa Woody? <laughs> now, champion. She is the Beast Slayer, the Conqueror of Conquerors, the Killer of Classics, the Showstopper, the Main Event, the Goat of All Goats, and the most outstanding performer in the history of film debate. Ladies and gentlemen, your reigning, defending, undisputed, in God mode herself, the Lady Juan! It's an honor to be here again. <laughs> I'm humbled in your How are we feeling tonight, folks? As we record this, it is the hottest night of the summer. It is Beach Brawl, third annual Beach Brawl. The war on the shore has come to the North Coast and whatever shore you live closest there too. If you're at Indiana Beach, the war is there. If you are in San Diego or Sacramento, wherever the fuck Pete's from, the war is there. If you are in the Gulf Coast of Florida, the war is there. If you're at a state or and or national park somewhere in the middle of the country that is completely landlocked, it is suddenly becoming a beach around you, and the war is there. It is Beach Brawl. How are we feeling tonight? Toasty. Oh, I am ready. I am ready. You are dressed for the beach, Pete. I want to know. Now, you have something there. An accoutrement, if you will, yeah. that uh, our listeners will not be able to see, but uh, our patrons will be able to see. It's game time. Let the shades go on. Game time. It is VHS Summer 3, and you are rocking VHS shades. That's right. Total reflectors. You look like you're straight out of the movie thrashing with a little <laughs> less incest. It's a wonderful thing. Just a little. Just a little less incest. <laughs> now, your lover is not your sister, correct? <laughs> no, that is incorrect. That is incorrect. My sister has been confused as my lover. Uh, that, is that is uncomfortable. Yeah, uncomfortable. A couple times. Yeah. Are yeah, you yeah, biologically related? Um. You know, we just got the ancestry results uh, back, and there is zero match. So success. <laughs> so green light. Yeah. Josh Brolin would be proud. Um. <laughs> now I have to check in with the challenge with the with the, the champion. I have to yeah. check in with the champion. Yeah. Lady Wan, you are the longest reigning last movie standing champion in the history of this game, in the history of this great sport. Yeah. Are you nervous? 
tonight I'm, because we have by far the most unknown quantity, both in movies and in competitors, <laughs> the history yeah. of this game. Pete is a wild card. And quite frankly, this is a wild card list. Yeah, I'm I'm nervous, but like I live here. So this is the state <laughs> I live in. And it's just you, you live in last movie standing. Is that what you're saying? I live in last movie standing anxiety. That's <laughs> where I live. And it is damn near constant. There's there's only a moment of joy that I get when I win. And then I'm like, God damn it, I have to do this shit all over again. And it is it is constant anxiety. So I live here. So I'm I am as I always am. There's an old saying, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Mm-hmm. And we are about to crown. We can't quite call it king. Some people have said calling it beach lord or lord of the beach. But <laughs> originally it was the winner of beach world became king of the beach. But you mm-hmm. have won it so handedly <laughs> last couple of times that now it's your art. Do you, what do you want to be called? Do you want to call lady of the beach, beach lady, queen of the beach, beach queen? You know. I feel like I feel like beach babe is gender neutral. Men can be babes. And oh, I would call. like to throw in beach babe as a possible title. Okay. Beach babe it is. If as long as Pete agrees, because Pete, if you win this, you will be known for one whole year as the beach babe of binge movies. You know what? Uh dude is a gender neutral term. We all yes. know that. It so is, is binge lord. Ba- gender babe, neutral. Babe is slept on. Babe is yeah. gender neutral also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Let's do it. All right. Now, as part of that prerequisite, if you become Beach Babe, you do have to wear a banana hammock for the next 365 days. <laughs> uh, okay. Business as usual. Got it. Yeah. There we go. All right. Yeah. It's a tea back, too. Business in the front, party in the back. I like the whale tail up high on the, on the hips. <laughs> yes. Yes. The mullet of underwear. <laughs> Yeah, it goes with the shades, though. Honestly, if there was a photo of you whole hogging it in <laughs> Plum Smugglers with your ass hanging out, completely greased up in baby oil somewhere in California with those shades and that hat backwards, <laughs> it would fit. And I'm not saying you have to do it if you win, but you don't not have to do it. <laughs> okay, that's fair. All right, that's now fair. be. Before we get to the actual challenge itself, which I barely remember every time we do this and have to be corrected by the Lady Wong because only she knows the rules of the game I created. (laughs) It's time for First Cut. All right, before we get to First Cut, I'm going to give you a recap of what is on the guest list and the short list. The guest list is comprised of heavyweights <laughs> selected. <laughs> if you would have told me when I started this show that, would, that one day heavyweights would be in contention for preservation for all time, even beyond the end times, wouldn't have believed you. But now I've been made a believer. Heavyweights as chosen by Kevin R. Brackett from Real Spoilers. The Killer as chosen, that's John Woo's The Killer, as chosen by Carlo from The Movie Loop. Blue Thunder as chosen by Lindsay Washburn uh, on Forgotten Films, the 1980s, Part 5, A New Beginning. And Minority Report, as chosen by Nguyen Le uh, on, for, not Forgotten Films, 
<laughs> top grossing movies of 2002 part one. These naming conventions. Fuck! <laughs> and as chosen by the Robert Downey Jr. of my life, Robert Yanez Jr. That's the only connection is there's a Robert and a Jr. But it sounds right to me. RYJ, The Two Towers. The Lord of the Rings, Two Towers. Asterix, Theatrical Cut. Now, my short list is also comprised of heavyweights. John Woo's Bullet in the Head. My next pick from Forgotten Films of the 80s was 1981's Excalibur. It was bizarre, at times incoherent, probably 30 minutes too long, post-synced audio, but there's still something about it uh, I found uh, interesting, and uh, so therefore it made it. Next, The Sleeper. I think of the entire season, at least as far as I'm concerned, uh, coming off of the top grossing movies of 2002, part one, M. Night Shyamalan's Signs, a movie I revisited for the first time in about 20 years, and wow, had a wonderful conversation with the Lay about that. If you haven't listened to that episode already, please do. Uh, and I sided with Catherine Gonzalez as far as what the best movie of the top grossing movies, <laughs> 10 through 6 of 2002 was, and that is The Two Towers. So uh, there we are. Pete, you're the wild card. We will go to you last. Lady Wan, you are the reigning champion. We'll go to you first. What is your first cut? What do you? What are the? What are the three movies one by one that you're getting rid of straight off the top? My first of the first cut is Excalibur. It is a fine attempt at an epic, and it has some early work from actors with staying power. But it's not vault worthy. It, it's can it's I ask just you a question? Weird. Yeah. As a breast monger. <laughs> are the breasts of Helen Mirren vault-worthy in that movie? Well, they're vault-worthy for all time. I'm certain Correct. we'll have another Today opportunity. Today they're vault-worthy. Yeah. I yes. See, I see. Yes, we'll have another opportunity to, to get those things in the vault. But One of these days, she will have sex with Vin Diesel on screen, not just behind <laughs> the screen. And we'll be able to see those breasts. <laughs> That's what you're saying? That's what I'm hearing. I mean... I, f I feel like she's into it, right? <laughs> like, yeah. The oh, only the only it. person stopping that from happening is Vin Diesel. Well, the only question mark is Vin Diesel. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he, that might not be what he's into, but she would. She would. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, and yeah. It, different strokes for different diesels. And what's your next yeah. cut? What's the next elimination? My next elimination makes me very sad. Um, it's heavyweights. Whoa! Yeah. Hey. It, it hurt. <laughs> it truly, wow. truly hurts to do. It is a nostalgic, feel-good camp romp that I still laugh out loud when I'm watching. But if we're building people's canon of films, I, I just, I can't, I can't, you know, bet on that horse. I can't. Fair to say your favorite movie of all time? <laughs> um, you know, probably my favorite Kenan Thompson performance of all time. La La Land, Surf Ninjas, <laughs> Heavyweights. That's the three that constantly revolves. I mean, those are great timeless stories. <laughs> and you and just said... devil on a close fourth. You just said, I've had enough of obese children on my screen. Be gone with you. <laughs> 
I, you, I, I'm so sad to do it. Their parents sent them to fat camp. You sent them to a different kind of camp, and they're not <gasps> coming back. <laughs> Don't put that on me. They're not coming back. Hey, Remember when they make you it. think that that Stiller killed Goldberg? <laughs> 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 and his bunk is completely stripped. Yeah. All those kids yeah. are dead. You voreased all the <laughs> fattest kids at fat camp. <laughs> Yeah. Goodbye, heavyweights, according to the Lady One. There's still so a chance it can be saved by Wildcart. Wildcart. Wildcard. <laughs> the West Coast wrecker himself. Pete, the main banana of the banana split that is middle class film class, who will possibly be wearing a banana hammock in the not too distant future. God willing. <laughs> All right. Your next elimination from my short list. Cut it deep, Lady One. Yeah. I'm eliminating signs. Whoa, Ooh. no. <laughs> I know. Oh, no. I know. No. It, it feels it feels wrong. I was I had never seen this before. I thought I had seen it cuz I lived in the world, but I just knew stuff about it. Yeah. Um no, I'd never seen it before and it's so good. It is. Uh, it's just, it's really good. So you've got like, you know, you know, 30 seconds to go watch this movie real quick before we eliminate it. But it might be the best <sighs> M. Night Shyamalan movie. It, like, it's so good. And again, goddamn Mel Gibson. I know. Dude, he's so fucking good. It makes me so angry. It's great. <laughs> but We've but already, I can't. You and I have lamented that at length of like, why is all I this know. talent in this miserable why? evil why? person why can't or why can't this very talented person also be a, a decent person why can't he because just get help that's yeah yeah that's the other thing just why can't help, this man just get help it's hollywood just, you will be forgiven get help yeah, just get help yes because he has serious <laughs> issues legitimately yeah you gotta You're want like, the help first yeah that's true yeah not that we're gonna go super heavy but it's like fuck like like you and i talked about it this should be his victory lap <laughs> Like the the last twenty years should have been Mel's victory lap, where it's like he should have been in Fury Road. It should have been old Max. Ugh. It should have been he should be directing movies that are making a shit ton of money. He should be doing cameos. We should all be excited about a de-aged Riggs and Murtaugh <laughs> for *Lethal Weapon*, and at least for the first twenty minutes. Like, and he fucked it all away by just being a cancerous, deeply addicted, mentally ill person. Yeah. And a racist. It's horrible. Well, his magnum opus is now banished from eternity. It is. It well, is. And I, so I, this is where that cuts deep for real is I don't think Shyamalan gets in now at all. I know. Because we I already know. got like rid of, uh, we've already got rid of um, uh, Six Cents. Yeah. And I think this I, one's better than Six Cents. This is a classic. I, Science I is, and so I, too. I just, I just revisited it. I didn't see it. 20. It's a stone cold classic in my book. It's it's very it's very gone. good, but it is not the best movie that I have on my list. So it had to go. I can't, okay, so I can't fault you because what you have left is the Godfather of basically any good action sequence you've seen in the last forty years, and. The only good trilogy that's left. <laughs> One entry in the only good trilogy we have remained. They done fucked up Star Wars. I don't count the Hobbit. I don't count the Hobbit. They done fucked up Star Wars. They done fucked up Indiana Jones. They done fucked up Ghostbusters. They done fucked. They fucked it all up. Everything you've ever loved is fucked. <laughs> but these towers, these Lord of the Rings movies, 
it's it's ooh, sketchy. Okay. All right. Pete, it's your turn. What is what are the three movies you're eliminating straight off the top? Before I get my first movie, I just want to say bring me back to defend the village and it'll go in the vault. That is <laughs> that is Shyamalan's best. I don't think period. you can get the votes, Pete, is the problem. At me on Twitter, the real <laughs> Pete. I will defend it. Okay. My first movie, we're we're sending to the depths of hell. John Woo's the killer. Damn. Oh. Peace. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, there's is there a, a reason? There is a I don't know. It's 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 <laughs> fine, you know. It, it 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 made some great uh, you know, strides and built a foundation for, you know, action, gun fu, whatever you want to whatever category you want to spin that is the offshoot of John Woo. Um, that's great. You know, the Ford Model T is the, was the groundwork for the cars that we have today. I don't want to, I don't want to drive one. It's fine. It's, it's fine. They're, they're, they're spawned much better since then. And I got much better movies on this list that deserve to be preserved for all time. I think heavy, if you think fucking heavyweights is better than the killer, you're out of your God. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Listen, there's an action sequence in the middle of the killer that I was like, wow, what a finale. And there's, then I was then I then gold. I realized this isn't the finale. This is just a random action sequence. And then we get to the finale. And it's like, oh, do you want absolute soul-wrenching tragedy in the middle? Of one of the best action sequences of all time, and then the movie's gonna end by breaking your fucking heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that all this guy, spoilers, wants to do is die so he can give his retinas to the woman he loves and blinded. And then he's fucking blinded. The violence he begat circles back and destroys him even after he's repented. Holy mm. moly. Mm. And everybody just weeps. And then the movie's just like, that's the end. And it's yeah. like, <laughs> that is, you have action and pathos. That's not enough for you. Well, you know, it you was, it was, it was great. Fuck. It was great, but it shall be forever banished. You sick fuck. I have the power. Right now around the world, people are chanting. <laughs> Next elimination. Okay. Uh, as much as I really enjoyed this movie, it's a movie I never heard of once ever in my life. Heavyweight. Uh, the concept was wonderful. As much as I loved it, uh, we got to get rid of Blue Thunder. Now, hang on and a second. You were sitting there tweeting this thing's fucking praises going, this might be the greatest movie I've ever seen. Yeah. What yeah. happened between there and this moment? You're like, I never <clears> heard <throat> of it, and it sucks. Get rid of it. <laughs> you you, you um, watch you know, it till the end, and you were... <laughs> No, I, the first half of the movie, I'm like, this is our hero. This guy who's, who's scoping buttholes from, from space. In it's his, wild. Under, it's some wild shit to begin that movie. <laughs> it's I'm wild. Like, what is, this is the guy I have to attach myself to for the next 90 minutes and root wild. to win. He's like, hey, rookie, let's go check out this girl's taint. I spent <laughs> an inordinate amount of time talking about that scene on that episode. But Two separate sections in the, the in episode. That <laughs> movie, the episode with Paul. That, that movie spends an inordinate amount of time watching a woman contort herself into positions you don't see in pornos. And it's just yeah. in a just in a random movie. It was so strange. I, I will say that thirty minute. I timed it too. I checked the, after the helicopter attack 
chase sequence. Amazing that shit. You know is going to end in a loop de loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because because of uh, Chekhov's loop. You yeah. Know, yeah. That happens. <laughs> uh, spoken of by the great Daniel Stern. Uh, Nobody can loop movie. a helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it can't happen. The physics are impossible. But uh, that thir- thir- literal 30 minute uh, helicopter sequence is amazing. It's, it's incredible. And, uh, and it feels, it has more emotional weight than any Avengers uh, secondary damage. <laughs> yeah. Because it, you're, it's a real helicopter shooting up downtown LA instead of a CGI <laughs> snake in the sky uh, block, knocking down buildings. But still, it's gone. You know, I thought about this. I can't go there. Never mind. It's too dark. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Movies after dark. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't go there. Um, uh, how many times have I ever said that? Very rarely. So you know how dark. I know. I'm terrified. Are. I can't even um, imagine okay. what it is. <laughs> okay. What's your final elimination? So we have heavyweights, yeah. minority report, and the two towers. Those are my three options. <clears throat> yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I got to go with Minority Report. See you later. <laughs> oh, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. So we are down to four Pete, heavyweights, or yeah. the Lord of the Rings, the two towers. And with the Lady Wan, we are down to bullet in the head or the two towers. Yes. So what's what's really gonna what we're gonna do now is we're gonna flip this fucking coin, and whoever gets it is gonna be able to choose between two advantages, and this is where it's really gonna come down to it because only one of you is going to get the advantage of first pick, which means you get to choose your movie first, and the other person is gonna get first word last word. So, Lady Juan, if you don't win this coin flip, since you're the champion, it's your prerogative. You're going to have to argue potentially against heavyweights. <laughs> Straight from the rip. All right. Uh, okay. Wow. And if Pete, if you win uh, first pick and you select first pick, you're going to have to argue against potentially John Wu, who apparently you hate uh, unabashedly, <laughs> and the two towers, which you've also selected. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you're, mm-hmm. I, this could go either way. This is the I'm- most up in the air thing it's ever happened in this show. I'm on pins and needles, Jason. <laughs> All right. Now, heads is Kevin Dunn, the patron state of this podcast. Who's Kevin Dunn? He's Milt Anglin. Who's Milt Anglin? Go fuck your mother. <laughs> Tails is Dom DeLuise. Who's Dom DeLuise? He sells Ziploc bags in the 80s. That's who Dom DeLuise <laughs> fucking is. Because he was obese, and obese people eat in the middle of the night, but they want their food to remain fresh. <laughs> That was the premise of the entire campaign. <laughs> he is the patron saint of flavor because he knows how to preserve flavors so that when you wake up at 2 a.m. to eat a whole roast by yourself, it still tastes just as good as the day someone in your household made it. I thought about a long time about reaching out to Dom DeLuise Jr., but I don't think I should. <laughs> <laughs> After that, I don't think you should either. I think it's best just to leave that family alone. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, well, maybe they'll be honored by me resurrecting the career of Dom DeLuise. The DeLuise but... estate. Yeah, I think the DeLuise estate might send me a season to DeLuise Manor letterhead comes to you. <laughs> right now, the folks at Buena Vista, California are doing their best to create a DeLuise deep fake that will be placed <laughs> over me for the sake of this show 
and the estate has not been involved thus far. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's all public images. It's AI. Let it be. Okay, call it in the air, Juan. Heads or tails, or dumb or done. Deloise. Oh! You say Deloise. Yeah. It is done. It is heads. Holy shit. <laughs> Pete is in control. Which of the two advantages are you going to choose? Are you going to choose first pick where you get the your choice of your movie to nominate for the vault or first word, last word, which means you get to make your argument first and you also get the last word to our audience at home and around the world. You know, there's a lot of, there's, you know, there's endless choices here. Well, there's two. There's two <laughs> choices. I think, you know, I think I got to go with the f- first pick, last pick. I think so. Although I do have a compelling argument for my backup. <laughs> You're going to go first word, last word? No, first pick. Oh, first, you said first pick, last pick. Okay. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I want pick. last pick too. Uh- <laughs> I just want to be able to automatically put my movie into the vault. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so you're going to go first pick, which means Lady Juan, you get first word, last word, which means Pete, uh, as I wind the clock, we're old timing here, I want to know what your selection is. What is the movie you will be defending in Last Movie Standing? Uh, the movie I'll be selecting is The Great Two Towers. My my beloved Two Towers. The movie I've probably seen more than any this decade. And Heavyweights goes right into the garbage bin of history. So sad. Oh, it's a shame. I hate to see those little those portly little fellas tumble <laughs> down the tumble down the trash chute. This isn't what Toy I want. Toy Story to 3 style. Every obese child of the 90s is going down into the incinerator of Pete's hot, fiery fury. Goodbye, Keenan Thompson. And that kid in the, from the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, Goldberg. Yeah. Yep. Goodbye, Goldberg. Actually, there's like three kids from Mighty Ducks. So yeah. goodbye yeah. all the... <laughs> goodbye a quarter of the Mighty Ducks. There's no quack back now. <laughs> Emilio can't save you in hell. <laughs> all right. Lady Juan. Yes. That means you get first word, last word. Yep. Opening argument. You cannot select the two towers. Correct. Which means you have to defend John Woods. Bullet in the head. I'd be delighted. You have (laughs) 90 seconds on the clock for opening arguments uninterrupted. Are you ready yes sir all right 90 seconds on the clock go bullet in the head may be john woo's greatest film accomplishment and the impact john woo has made on cinema cannot be underestimated in the late 1980s and early 90s john woo reinvented hong kong cinema he pioneered the heroic bloodshed films and the gun fu genre in hong kong before working in hollywood Wu is a one-of-a-kind director who deserves his place in the vault, and Bullet in the Head is the best choice for his filmography, as it tells a particular story from a distinctive Chinese point of view. 
Bullet in the Head has echoes of so many great American films, which Jason mentioned earlier. It's got shades of Apocalypse Now, Goodfellas, Diner. It's a story of childhood friends fleeing crime in Hong Kong to Saigon of all places during the Vietnam War. These friends, these best friends plot scheme after scheme to make it big in hopes of buying a Mercedes one day. Hope is constantly ripped away from their grasp as they try to make it back home to their families. And the culmination of their best friend's descent into utter madness due to the literal impact of violence on him, the titular bullet in the head, is devastating. As sad as this film is, I was absolutely elated watching a director tell a story that mattered to him. Wu grew up in the slums of Hong Kong and based some of the main characters on people he grew up with, including their tragic ends. More than that, to see seconds. a film demonstrate lessons to its audience about friendship and the destructive nature of violence was beyond refreshing. We need John Wu's legacy preserved in the vault. Down to the wire, one second left. Pete, opening argument. Are you ready? I'm ready. And go. The Two Towers is the heart and soul of the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings trilogy. It's the perfect movie to take its rightful place in the vault to be preserved for all time, even beyond the end times. Taking a literary masterpiece and adapting it to a film usually angers the loyalists of the original text and is rarely able to capture the magic that our own imagination could have painted when reading. But The Two Towers just just that, affecting the viewers deeply on so many levels. The wonderment of talking treants, fear from the immense power of Saruman, both in his poisonous words and seemingly impossible army, the complex emotions invoked within minutes of meeting Gollum, and the awe of the falling Balrog fight scene in the first damn scene. The movie teaches us to never abandon hope, even when all seems lost. When the King of Gondor possession, Gandalf's return after everyone saw him fall, the defeat of the Orakai army at Helm's Deep, and hope that Merry and Pippin are alive, even after Carl Urban told the King of Men that they left none alive. Not to mention groundbreaking mocap that still turns heads 20 years later and solidifying that motion capture characters can carry an emotional range and weight. It would be a travesty to leave this legendary movie out of the vault, so vote with your hearts. It will remind you that I will remind you what the Queen Elven sorceress Galadriel said. Even the smallest person can change the course of the future. You have what but one small vote to give. You know it's the right thing to do. Six seconds remaining. Are you forfeiting the rest of your time? Yes. We are now in round two. Lady Wan, remind me because I flipped these. Is it cross examinations next? Because it used yes. to be rebuttals, right? Yes. It is cross examination yeah. next. And Pete continues. Yes, because it's a snake debate snake format. style. So now Pete so will cross-examine So gets me. to take <laughs> his white, hot, suburban fury from the West Coast, where all Karens come from. Yes. And he gets to shine that Karen energy that he carries so well <laughs> right down on the sunshine of the sunshine city of the sunshine state, the Lady Wan. We actually have like a mud pit, just like the Orakai coming out, but it's just Karens. <laughs> it's just Karens. Spawned <laughs> Bob A line cuts. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Instead of knocking down trees and using that to make them, you knock down Lululemons and then they yeah. just come out of the rubble of a Lululemon. You knock down the ego of the local manager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Java juice. Yeah. Yeah. You just kick over a Peloton and then three of them appear. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm friends with the city council member. <laughs> Don't you know who I am? No, bitch, I don't. Um, all right, round two, rebuttal. Are you ready, Pete? 90 seconds. No, cross-examination. Uh, cross-examination, still 90 seconds. All right, Pete, are you ready? Ready. All right. Take a tour, Pete. Go. 
Juan, I remind you, we are under oath right now. <laughs> is your name the Lady Juan? It's my Twitter name. <laughs> are you a host of Screen Run? Yes. Is Bullet in the Head the best John Woo movie? Yes. Have you seen every John Woo movie? No. You are under oath. <laughs> How can you be so sure that Bullet in the Head is so much better than the vast, expansive uh, a library of John Woo if you've only seen just a small handful of them? Because it's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and it's his only film that is such scored. Now, you referenced a few times the other movies that are, um, came after Bullet in the Head. Apocalypse Now, Goodfellas, Diner. Is Apocalypse Now a worse movie than Bullet in the Head? Uh, you know, it's different, different sides, different perspectives on a, a story that I think resonates around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, different, different approaches. So it's hard to compare the, the two. The wonderful banter of Diner and the rich characters of Diner outshined by Bolt in the Head? Honestly, even watching it with subtitles, yes. Okay. <laughs> And the humor and quippiness in the dark underbelly of the Goodfellas. That, Bull in the head better answer, than that. They're, they're equally fantastic. <laughs> you are under oath, I remind yes. you. Oh, it's over, yes. It's over. It's over. It's yes. over. It's <laughs> over. Okay. It's over. I was so scared. <laughs> All right. He brought that Karen energy like few have before on this podcast. Lady Juan. Yeah. Are you ready to set the sunshine aside <laughs> and bring out the darkness? Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's time for cross-examination of Pete by the Lady Juan. 90 seconds on the clock and go. Why do you think this is the best Lord of the Rings movie? The richness of the story is uh, uh, unparalleled by the rest of the movies. Um, the third one encapsulates the trilogy in a great way. It, it's a great send-off. It's a great uh, button on it. But the second movie allows you the joy of meeting Gollum after just a sneak peek. It allows you the wonderfulness of seeing Gandalf the White ascend after you are sure that Gandalf the Grey was never good to be seen again. So many, so many reasons. If we don't get the third film in the vault... Do you think this trilogy can stand with just two movies to only be watched? If, if it ends at the two towers, is that a satisfactory telling to this story? The final, the finale at uh, Helm's Deep and watching the Tower of Saruman fall are two very, very satisfying ends. Even the first Lord of the Rings uh, entry, the Fellowship of the Rings, has a more or less satisfying. You could see, you know, the ending there. But after the second one, you get the wonderful awe of men, the age of men conquering over the evil with more evil on the horizon. But that's for another day. Do you feel like the film is hurt by its separation of the fellowship that we just came to to love as a group in the first film? And then the second one, we scatter them to the distant corners. Nine seconds. I think that the the fact that the two the main characters move off into different groups is an even more compelling way to tell the story and mirrors our personal uh, journey where we don't necessarily have people to keep us warm and, and cozy in our life. We have to figure some of that stuff out on our own, build our friendships on our own, only to come back together at the end. Okay, that's it. Time, time, time. Okay. We've been through opening arguments. We've been through cross-examinations. This is a snake debate. That means what, Lady Juan? You go next. That means that it's time for rebuttals and I go again. 
There we go. All right. Are you ready to reboot all the weighty arguments that Pete has uh, uh, weighed in with so far? Yes. Okay. Uh, You have 90 seconds again. Go. What Pete said about this Lord of the Rings film is mostly true. And it's very similar to the argument I presented for Fellowship of the Ring in the last last movie standing. In fact, it's the reason why that film made it through. But I don't think that this trilogy will make it all the way in with three parts. I think the voters of last movie standing won't be interested in discounting all of next season's films for last movie standing. Everything else just immediately gets thrown out as a possibility if we're going to make this risk, this gamble. And I don't think that this is the strongest in the trilogy, that it deserves to be in the vault as well as the first one. I think Arwen's story kind of just surprises you and drops in out of nowhere during the movie. You're like, oh, I forgot about the elves. I forgot about that. Uh, Mary and Pippin are just, you know, hanging on trees the entire time. They're not really in there. Um, It just doesn't have the clear narrative arc that the first film has, and it doesn't have the emotional, true, satisfying climax that you get from the third film. So it's it's just not the best of the three. And I think we already have the best in the vault. So I think you know what to do, uh, voters. We we can't we can't waste a vault spot on this film. And time. All right, Pete, are you ready? Sure. Let's do it. Go. So the Lady Wan has a very cookie cutter answer for Bolt in the Head. It laid the foundation for movies to come. It was a very personal story. It was a story about friendship with a a positive, uh, opposed to the uh, nature of violence. I would argue that those those same stories and those same positive messages can apply to the two towers and then some. She also mentioned that the only reason that Lord of the Rings Part 1 made it into the vault was because of the same arguments that I'm making now for the reason why the Part 2 is much better. Um, and the only reason it made it into there was because of those arguments. The film, film Twitter at large and the binge lords that are listening to this right now, they know quality when they see it. They know what, what movie belongs to be in there. And yes, a foundational movie is something to be respected, but if you're just going to give up and say, well, maybe the third one won't make it in and you don't even try, then what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Are we giving up after part one? Really? That's the way? That's, that's the argument? Oh, I don't think part three will make it because people don't want to see it in there. I, I say we try for hope, for Frodo, Ten seconds. for all the fallen soldiers at Helm's Deep. The ones that have seen far too winters or far far too few. We try to get that perfect trilogy. The done, done, done. You're done. You're done. I'm cutting you off. You're done. <laughs> we are down to closing arguments, which means, Pete, you have to go first. You, this is only 60 seconds. Let me unwind the clock. This is, uh, you make a direct appeal to the audience. Try to sum it all up. Why is your movie the most worthy film between these two films, be our next entry into the vault. Okay? All right. All right. 60 seconds on the clock and go. I've appealed to your emotions. Let's do by the numbers. It's number 14 on IMDb's highest rated movies of all time as of this recording. 
an American studio shot in New Zealand, featuring an international cast recognized for its achievements around the world. It's truly an international movie. What could be better film to be added to the vault? It's hard to even think. Past movies binged, future movies binged, and definitely nothing in this batch comes close. Number 14 rated of all time on IMDb. There's not even a movie on the vault that's higher than that list. Oh wait, there is one. Fellowship of the Ring. The solid foundation on which the two towers is built. What better way to honor the sanctity of the vault than to enrich what's already within it? We owe it to our human-like creatures that populate this world dozens of decades from now to fill this vault with the greatest our time had to offer. Without the two towers inside the vault, our ancestors would never know that Gandalf came back more powerful than ever. And anyone who votes otherwise either hasn't seen it or is just lying to themselves. Oh, two seconds left and out of time. Lady Wong. Yeah. Please make your direct appeal to the audience for why John Woo's Bullet in the Head is the film that is most worthy for preservation out of these two films and should be added into the vault. Are you ready? Yes. And go. It needs to be added to the vault because, as I mentioned, it is a perfect 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's an emotional story of friendship, the horrors of war, and examines geopolitical situations. This movie has dynamite hidden in cigars. As somebody who has spent more than enough time reviewing the films of John Carpenter, I found this John and his work to be beyond refreshing as he tells stories with heart and devastation. His characters are deep while flawed, but build real relationships that you feel the weight of throughout the films. You feel the passion he has for storytelling in his films. And while he may be guilty of repeating some tropes or some slow-mo freeze frames, jazz singing women, and he (laughs) loves repeating the same actors over and over, those are all cinematic deeds we never shame our other iconic directors for. Ten seconds. On top of this film itself, John Woo needs to be represented in the vault because literally we need to preserve his movies. I had to watch this on a website with a .org address. Out of time. (laughs) (laughs) Commercial alert. Commercial alert. Reincarnation. What human being was your pet in a previous lifetime? Master reincarnationist E. David Scott will tell you when you call this number. Just answer simple questions with your touch-tone phone. $1.95 per minute for entertainment only. Under 18, get permission. Call now. Learn who your pet was as a human in a previous lifetime. This is Jason from Binge Movies coming to you live from the Beach Brawl Control Center in sunny tropical Akron, Ohio. I'm here to announce to you a brand new voting system for Last Movie Standing starting this week with Beach Brawl. Normally we put a poll up on Twitter and we allow anybody in the world to vote on who they believe won the debate and what movie is most worthy of preservation for all time even beyond the end times. We are still going to continue that trend, but from now on, Twitter votes will only count for one vote, whereas listeners, who are also patrons, will count as two votes, and our elite patrons, their vote will count as three votes. So once again, the poll will go up on Twitter, at Binge Movies, and at that time, you will be able to vote for who you think won this debate between our reigning defending champion, the Lady Wong, and Pete from Middle Class Film Class. If you vote on Twitter, that vote counts for one vote. If you are a patron, your vote counts 
for two votes. But if you are an elite patron, if you are a member of the upper echelon of patron supporters, that will count for three votes. Make sure to join our Patreon, patreon.com slash binge movies. Follow us on Twitter at binge movies. Follow us on Letterboxd at binge movies. Follow us on Instagram at binge movies lives. This is Jason coming to you from the Beach Brawl Control Center for another outstanding edition of Beach Brawl. Until next time, we'll see you on the beach. <laughs>